You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 162 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary, and we are excited. First of all, happy April. Happy April. Yes. Yes, it's April. Crazy. We have a new theme. We do. I was just thinking, though, like April, I feel like I go through this every month. I feel like it's been a long period of time, but that it also went by very quickly. It seems weird that we're finished with first quarter. Well, when you posted yesterday, today is the last day of first quarter, I had many emotions. The first one was, stop that now, Mary. <laughs> Why are you posting this? And the second one was, what? No, it's not. Mary's wrong because you thought it was the end of the first quarter last month, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and then I looked and I realized you were correct. And it was, um, yeah, I don't know. What? Of course I was correct. I know. Of course you were. I had to check anyway. It's crazy. I'm liking yeah. our new format, though. How are you feeling? I like it, too. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. good. We did some good interviews, some good solo episodes. Mm -hmm. This next round, we're talking about employees and contractors and hiring. This is a good one, too. I'm excited for this one. I get a lot of questions in this space. I like this topic. Too. Yeah. It is terrifying to people, whether it's your first I mean, I, I tend to find by the time you've hired a couple people, you're like, man, it's not that bad. But the first yeah. hire, that Definitely. one's rough. But like even the later hires, because unless you have someone managing the whole thing for you, you know, it's like when you're brand new in business and naive in the beginning, you're like, I can do anything. And then you like learn things and you're like, okay, well, that's not so great anymore. It's the same for hiring. Like, like okay, I can do this, even though a lot of it seems scary. But by the time you're on a later hire, it's like you're daunted just because you know what goes into it. It's true. And I think there's more at stake the more people that you hire because you're adding more personalities onto a team. Yes. So lots more dynamics. Yeah. And then you have to manage those people because you don't just get to hire people and then be like, go do your job. <laughs> they require <laughs> things like feedback and communication. <laughs> Imagine that. Praise. You have to deal with things when they're not doing great. Oh. 
That one's tough. There are whole departments at large companies called human resources. Yes. If those, if those departments still exist, <laughs> they're there for a reason because it's a lot. Yeah. So there's there's so much that goes into it. You know, obviously you have to overcome the first hurdle of, okay, I'm ready to spend the money and yes. I'm ready to like make the decision that I can pay somebody. And then you have to think about who do you want to hire, which is first off, we have to think about like, what's the job I need help with? I think a lot of people make that decision in a really, like they take a long time to figure that out or they kind of go the wrong way or maybe they decide they want one thing and then realize quickly, I don't need that. Once you figure out what you need, you need to figure out who that person is, what their personality should be like, what their skills should be like, how are you going to find them? (laughs) What the actual job role is. Yeah. Compared to what you are expecting from them. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot in that one. So there's, there's a, a lot, lot in all of those. Yeah. So I think my biggest piece of advice then is like start small and hire early because the earlier you hire, the more time you can make mistakes on a smaller scale when it won't matter as much. And I always recommend doing a trial period, especially if you're hiring hourly type of work of some sort, like yeah. an assistant or someone, do a paid trial test it out for a few weeks, see if you, I mean, and only get to the trial portion if they seem like a good fit the whole rest of the way, right? With the interviews and everything, but then do a trial. It's easier to do that and pay someone for their time than to, to go through with fully onboarding and realizing, oh, this, this is not what I was thinking. I did. I do trial projects. Yeah. So right. everybody that is potentially coming in um, will do a paid project. They're not free. I'm not looking exactly. for free work. Yes. I will pay, particularly the lawyers that come work for me. I just have them do a project for me and I pay them like they're a contractor and I look at their work because mm-hmm. it's really easy, I think, to talk the talk and say the things that you think I'd want to hear in an interview. But what I can't know is your skill level. And so I just need to make sure your work product meshes with my needs. And then I can figure out all the other stuff as well, whether or not your personality fits, whether or not, you know, there's any red flags, all that good stuff. But I, I love a trial. I think it is so much easier. You hire for a very distinct project. Um, you ask them to do one thing, you give quick feedback and you make fast decisions. But it also requires having hard conversations. So, you know, being knowing that when you're ready to start hiring, one of the things that you have to be prepared for is not just all the great conversations, but the hard ones too. I do think that if it's something that you struggle with, whether it's, you know, sort of being honest, not being honest is a struggle, but just being direct. (laughs) Direct. uh, Um, That's that's something that you should work on and consider when you're going down that hiring path because it's just going to frustrate you. People are not mind readers. (laughs) They don't know what you want. Feedback is key. Yeah. One of my friends is going, she has been going through that because she's hired a few people and she's all along the way been practicing her directness because it's just not as comfortable to be so direct, but really people will not understand unless you're very direct. Yeah. And I struggle with being too direct. So I've actually, and we laugh, but I have to work on like being nice. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're the opposite on yet another topic. I struggle with being direct. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm way too nice. Yeah. So I have to like actually stop and say, cause I go into business mode. It's not that I'm not nice. It's just like, right. we're on a call 
and we're talking about this topic. And so I'm like, hi, how are you? And they say, I'm good. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this topic. And I've had to sort of dial myself back and say, okay, well, like it's more than that. Let's, <laughs> this was good and I enjoyed this. And how is this going? Yeah, I have to. I have to stop to think about those things in order to make those connections. And it isn't because I don't care. It is just I am very singularly focused on what our goals and tasks are. And my time is limited, but that's that's not correct. It I, it actually goes along with the Herman brain stuff and the quadrants. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does for a certain quadrant because different different people, there's a whole whole brain whole brain communication element to it. And people that have different thinking preferences in the different quadrants prefer prefer communication in different styles. Yeah. yeah. So what what we've actually learned on my team is that um, Brie checks in with everybody <laughs> to see <laughs> how they're sense. doing and when like workflow issues are coming up and if somebody's overworked or because, you know, I'll call and be like, do you have too much to do? And that's intimidating for an employee, no matter how easygoing I am. And I don't make myself sound easygoing, but I am actually pretty easy to work for until I'm not. But for the most part, like if you say to me, hey, I have too much to do, I'm going to listen and I'm going to make sure that you're not overwhelmed. Yeah. So Breeze started stepping in with some of that and it's made a huge difference. So I really focus on some of the, I focus on the substantive stuff, the stuff that, you know, Bree isn't able to do, like talking about specific issues, legal issues that my staff might need help with. Sometimes it's, you know, for my exec assistant, maybe it's like messaging with clients and how we're talking to clients. But Bree is doing a lot of the checking in of like, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. And it's worked out because she is management and she is sort of my right hand. And so everybody knows that her opinion is important and matters. And so it's it's made a big difference. It's a it's a nice balance to have. And then you could do everything right and people still may not feel fully comfortable because you are the boss. So the fact that you have Bree and you're able to like she can also receive some of this information and process it just from a different perspective. People will automatically sometimes go to that. Yeah, no, she manages me. There's no question. And I look, like I said, you know, one of the reasons that I created Hashtag Legal was just because I was really tired of working in work environments that sucked. (laughs) So I was like, let me create a better one. There's so many positives to working for us, the flex time, and I'm not up there, I'm not bothering them all the time. Mm-hmm. I let them manage their own process. I give good feedback. I let them know when things are great. I thank them for hard work. Um, I work with them. I invest in training, like all of the things, but the warm and fuzzies, they're really hard for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I'm not great at that. Uh, and so, you know, for me, when I send you a message that says, you worked your ass off this week. Thank you. Like that's warm and fuzzy for me. Yeah. I confirm that's uh, warm and fuzzy for me. Yeah. So, you know, we have to sort of manage that, but I also recognize that about myself. So exactly. I want to make sure that the work environment is safe for people to come and say, you know, I do know my staff is comfortable enough to say like, I'm not feeling great today. I'm going to take the day or I'm, you know, I have to watch my kids or I have to watch my sister's kids or I just need a day. They do tell me that. And I'm, I know they feel safe to do that. I think sometimes the workflow can be cyclical and that can make them feel a little overwhelmed and a little scared to talk to me about Well, I mean, awareness is another good piece of it. Like for you to be aware of these different things and be aware of which areas you're great at, which areas you lean on someone else from your team for, 
And instead of like, I mean, and especially for anyone that's earlier in their business, you know, they may be used to having to do it all themselves. So when they go to try to hire, it's like, what can be complementary to you so that you can have this, you can be slowly building up your support structure instead of not having that awareness and trying to do everything and then expect the person you're hiring to basically be your clone and also be able to do everything. That's not a great direction. That's great advice. I I tend to think that if when you're starting to hire, thinking about the thing that gives you the most dread, hire that first. Yes. And that's different for everybody. You know, for some people, for me, it was operations, obviously, by this whole conversation. Like I knew my first hire had to be operations because it gives me pure dread. But for a lot of people, they like operations. And so their first hire might be sales and marketing. That happens to be something that I like to do. So I don't necessarily need to hire that immediately. For some people, they need, if they're a professional providing a service, they need somebody who can just provide the service so that they can free up their time to do the 80% that is not your service when you run a business. Yes. Um, But that's different for everybody. There is Mm -hmm. no equation. So I think if you're thinking about your first hire, you got to dig deep and think like, what do I hate doing most? (laughs) And give that up. (laughs) Yeah. And it's okay for things to evolve over time. So, and that looked different for me between the two businesses, between Brief Transitions and Transitions Collective. My first hires looked different. The workflows and what I needed looked different, but also just knowing that things are going to change. The team that you start out with is not going to be what's more than likely what stays with you, you know, for many years to come, it's going to get you to a certain phase, and then you're going to need to reevaluate. And maybe you have to hire more, or you think, okay, well, I also need this part of the job, whatever it might be. But I think a lot of people consider that for especially the first hire, like, okay, I'm doing this, and this is for forever, you know, is kind of the mindset. And it's really not for forever. It's important, and you shouldn't skip the due diligence of everything in the process, but it's also not forever. Things will change and evolve as you grow. It's so true. You also can't be afraid to part ways with somebody when it's not working and you have to part ways fast, like holding on to someone, hoping it's going to get better. It's not. I worked with, definitely not. I have worked with multiple attorneys in my practice and I knew instantly when they were not going to be a fit and when they were. Um, whether it was a skill set issue, whether it was a reliability issue, any of them. And we parted ways fast because I, we don't have time for that. It's just such a waste of resources. But I also didn't realize when I was starting and when I was scaling how much of a strategic partner I needed to hire. I really thought I just needed an assistant. Like I didn't even understand what a lot of these were. And Brie is a strategic thinker. She's a high level strategic person. And she's she needs to be in that role to be best at what she does. And so, you know, I wouldn't have found her initially because I was searching for an assistant. That's very similar for me from when I first had an assistant to then when I changed to using um, Amy. It's a, it's just a very different perspective. And definitely the strategy is built in much more now with the operations, which is a game changer. Yeah. So I think when you're at that point in your business where you say to yourself, okay, it's time to hire, you've likely done this too late and that's okay. You just have to acknowledge that you should have done it six months ago. (laughs) 
yeah. for most people. Many, some people, yes. they're on time, but it's a scary thought. It really is. It's a big commitment. Payroll is my largest expense every single yeah. month. And it is an extraordinary expense that is terrifying. My rent is far less than my payroll. Yeah. <laughs> my rent is nothing. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> payroll, though, gives me the palpitations. I think sitting back and not necessarily consuming content on hiring. There is the legal issues that you have to obviously think about. I'm going to do a solo episode where I do talk about some of those. I'm going to talk about the difference between an employee and a contractor. I'm going to talk about the different ways that you can hire and pay somebody. Um, I'm going to talk about what it means to have a virtual team. But if you take all of that out, like don't worry about the mechanics. It's easy to get that information from other sources. But the information that you can't get from other sources when it comes to that very first hire is who do I need to hire? And this actually can be hire number one or hire number 40. It doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. you need to sit down and you need to think about, and like I said, that first question I think should be, what do I hate doing? And also the next question is, what do I not know how to do? And then if I don't know how to do it, is it worth my time to figure it out? And nine times out of 10, it's not going to be. And so right. those are your three questions, I think, if you're going to start to think about like, who am I going to hire? Think about those three things. And I guarantee you, they will gel into one person because nine times out of 10, the thing you hate doing is the thing you don't know how to do and you don't want to yes. spend the time learning. 1000%. It's the thing at the bottom of your to-do list that just carries over each week because you keep ignoring it because you don't want to do it. Yes. I tell people also to look at look at how they spend their time right now and what types of things they're doing right now. Because especially if they are doing some things that they're like, oh, I really don't like doing this, but I have to because of X, Y, Z. I say like, look at your week, like generally at your week, how are you spending your time? Which things, uh, like you said, Jamie, are, are the things that you really want to be doing and are doing and which things consistently fall to the bottom of the list or you dread. And Sometimes for people to look at that, like really on paper is eye opening to them, you know, because they have this idea in their head, but when they see it mapped out, it looks a little bit different than they expected of the actual tasks. Cause that, that I think goes more into the next part, which is like, what are the responsibilities of this person? What do you need them to do? And that you need to take a more detailed look at your day-to-day -day activities and what they're actually going to be taking off your plate. And also, what are those projects you've always wanted to do but haven't had time to do because you're one human with only yes. 24 hours in a day <laughs> and presumably one that would like to sleep? So thinking about not only what you need right now, but what are the projects that you've been wanting to work on, but you just can't. Um, and you can offset some of those projects with a new person as well. It doesn't just necessarily have to be the stuff that you're currently doing, but where you see yourself going. Um, I think that's key as well. So thinking about those things will then ultimately bring you to a job description, which will bring you to a title, which will then help yes. you start looking. <laughs> yes. And once you've sort of narrowed that down, I believe strongly in the power of your network. Every great hire I've ever had has come from my network and it's not friends. Stop hiring your friends, period. Do not hire your friends. Don't. Just ever, don't do it. Ever. Ever. Because it never works out. Then you have to see them or you're not friends with them anymore. Or <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's acquaintances and they're in the same like social circle as you or in the same like group as you and you have to be like faced with them all the time and you're like, oh. I fired you. That's really awful. And we'll and we'll be. It's too bad we can't have musical rights to Taylor Swift. We are never ever getting back together. You're gonna feel like you have that kind of 
situation on your hands. Yeah. So please just don't do it. Yeah, don't hire <laughs> friends. But I love friends of friends. So if you have a friend or you have like a business acquaintance that you're like, you're awesome. Who do you know? That's where I found Brie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say mm-hmm. this enough. We also fa- I also found Bobby that way. And Allison, yep. actually. It's, okay, yeah. So I just it, it, talk to your friends and find their friends or their acquaintances or the people that they know or get referrals that way. Frankly, is one, the easiest way to call through the 500,000 resumes that you're going to get um, mm-hmm. and save you time, effort, and energy. And it's also going to help you, you know, know the person. So you know what questions to ask. I think that's key. And then once you've gotten those people, figuring out the questions that you want to ask in the interview. Yes. And really, you know, this, all of this together, I mean, you can basically treat it like a project. You should treat it like a project and build in time to your schedule to really do it the right way. Because if you think like, oh, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to hire someone right now, like that, that's not how it works. Like be thorough from the start and these different parts that we talked about, because that will help you get to hopefully more of the right person. Because the more you try to do it so quickly, it's not it's just not going to end well. Agreed. I actually have a really good tip for when you're hiring. Put in your job description a very specific detail that you want your potential employee to put either in their cover letter, in their email, in their subject line. Because anybody yeah. who doesn't follow that direction or read that carefully, you can get rid of them immediately. I promise you 65%. I just made up that number, but it sounded good. 65% oh, way higher. Yeah, will not do way it. Higher. Yeah. Yes. And you'll be able to get rid of a lot of people. I do it every single time. And it allows me, I I would probably say, you're probably right. It's probably like 80% of people just don't read that carefully. And so you're able to get rid of those people really, really quickly. Um, And it shows attention to detail. It shows ability to follow directions. And it also helps you narrow the 500,000 people that you're going to get down to 100,000 people. Um, It makes a big difference. So that's a really good quick tip for hiring. Um, And then just knowing what the important traits are of the person that you're hiring, not only the skill set, but I tend to think I can teach skills. I can't teach the intangibles. I can't teach someone to be reliable. I can't teach someone to be on time. I can't teach someone to be communicative, transparent, direct. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, are people who are, yeah, we're going to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the skill sets, yes, they're key. I'm less worried about that. A little different with my lawyers. They do have to have a certain skill set. Um, but if you're not hiring like a licensed professional, but you know, there's, there's things you can teach. And I have to tell you, like when I hired one of my attorneys, she had one specific skill set and I taught her two or three others and it was worth it because she was really good at what she did. And I knew I could teach her and she had all the soft skills that I needed and it, it worked out really great. Yeah, it's very, very different to teach like skills versus the soft skills. Yeah. Technical skills versus soft skills. Very, very different. I think if Mary's approach is so good, project step by step, like don't get overwhelmed by it. If you start thinking, if you start thinking you might need to hire, figure out what you want to hire for and put up a job post. It doesn't mean you have to actually hire. Hire a few people to do a couple of projects. See how that feels. Start with a contractor. Don't, you don't necessarily have to start with employees. Although if you need an employee, you know, correct characterization is important, but if you're just doing a single project, you should be fine. Definitely hire, do some projects, get some contractors, start to feel confident and comfortable in delegating. That's a whole, I mean, we could, yeah, 
Actually, we should have a whole other thing at some point on that. Delegation. Yeah. Yeah. It's key. Mm -hmm. You don't do it best. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Somebody can do it better than you. (laughs) Now we don't have to do an episode. That's it. That's it. I'm actually going to record that and you can listen to it over and over again. You're not the best. Someone else is the best. (laughs) Shortest solo episode ever. Delegate. You can do it. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. So don't be scared. It's not going to be bad. It's going to help your business. It's the way you have to grow. It's the way you have to scale. And it's the way you have to keep your sanity. Yes. Uh, if you're thinking about it, I mean, like Jamie said before, it it's already, you're probably like a, a few steps behind of when you should have done it, but don't let that stop you because in order to really move forward, you're going to have to do it. You can, there is, you will max out. There's only a certain point that you can go running everything and trying to do everything in your business. You will not be able to grow farther if you don't have support. And I'd also like to say with this caveat, if you're cool with that, don't hire. It's okay. You can totally be solo and be super successful and happy. So don't feel like you have to hire. But if you are wanting to grow bigger, if you do want to scale, if there are things you want to do that you don't have time to, that's when you need to start thinking about. But if you're like, I'm good where I'm at, stay there, be happy. We're happy you listened. I'm probably not going to hire anymore. I've decided to cap hashtag legal at what it is. I'm really happy at its size. I don't need to grow any bigger because it is what I want it to be. And I'm really great with it. So just know what that end game is as well. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah. But if if you're expecting the growth, then you will have to. Yeah have a different perspective. Yeah. That is the truth. So, so yay, hashtag legal. Thank Hello. you. Yeah. Let's celebrate that. I know. It feels good. Yeah. It only yeah. took like okay. eight years. <laughs> That's okay. It's good. It's okay. It takes That's time. That's why now you're sharing all of this on the podcast. That's right. Because I've been doing this quite some time. Exactly. <laughs> Tell us your hiring questions. What are you afraid of? What are you avoiding? Why are you not hiring? We want to hear it. If you are not a member of our group on Facebook, you can find us at the Fearless Business Podcast HQ. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you love these episodes, please also give us a rating and a review. It goes a long way to getting our podcasts found and heard by other people. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.